Hi, I'm Michelle Abad. Welcome to Making Space, Rappler's podcast on gender, health, education, and everything in between. Traditions are changing in longtime exclusive boys' schools as they open their doors to girls. Ateneo High School went ahead in 2016, and next school year, we're seeing LaSalle Greenhills hop on the co-education wagon for senior high school, too. Were the boys ready? Some LaSalle Greenhills alumni were quick to say that this was the end of an era, that things would never be the same again. This confused feminist men and women who asked, how would having girls around threaten your traditions? Joining me in the most crowded Making Space episode yet are Sab and Sean, alumni of LaSalle Greenhills, and JB and Bea, graduates of Ateneo Senior High School. JB was part of the pioneer co-ed batch of Ateneo Senior High School, while Bea was the school's first female student government president. So, hi guys. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Great to have you guys. So, I think I want to start with JB because he's the one who experienced both exclusivity and co-ed. So, JB, you were in Ateneo for years and you were used to it being a boys' school for so long. So, what was it like when the school announced that senior high school would be open to girls? I wasn't part of Ateneo since prep, which is the first year under the previous system. I entered in grade 2 and I remember the look in my face when I saw Ateneo because it was so big and that, that wasn't the school environment that I was used to. Imagine in one batch you would have about 13 sections and all boys yon. Because mm-hmm. I came from Good Shepherd Cathedral School in Fairview, which was co-ed. So I entered an all-boys environment. And certainly that comes with a lot of behaviors that get lived in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I remember the situations leading up to the transition to co-ed because we also need to understand siguro that the context of Ateneo High School then alongside the Philippines was that everyone was transitioning to senior high school also. So in a way, there were two changes happening. One with senior high and one with co-ed. Which made things pretty unclear to everyone. So bulagaan talaga siya. I remember the announcement of Father Jet that was dated 13 March 2015. So that was a year before the start of classes would take place and co-ed would happen. And I'll read a part of the statement, which can I guess start the bull rolling pole also for this conversation. It says, and I quote, the co-ed nature of the senior high school is part of the preparation for college. I would like to assure the community, including our alumni, that the Ateneo grade school and the junior high school remain to be exclusive for boys. End of quote. So Mm. I think that sums up the situation back then. I remember when the news was released, it was really a mixed sentiment thing, not only in high school, but then the entire university community. Because on one hand, you had alumni which cherish the all-boys tradition or whatever that may mean. But then we also need to remember that college was already co-ed for about 40 years. And that's another story in itself that I think a lot of people in the university and around the country should look into how Ateneo also transitioned to co-ed in college. But as an ordinary student then, what I actually remembered was the many consultations that we had prior to the decision coming up. Because I remember I was part of Sangu in grade 9. Mm-hmm. I don't think consultation was widespread. 
only to main what they say are main stakeholders so that student government and a few members in it plus faculty staff and some parents and alumni i guess and I remember my answer, which I wrote in size two. No, the question was simple. Parang it wasn't even digging up to the intricacies of what co-ed may imply in the greater scheme of things. It was a simple: Do you agree with making Ateneo High School co-ed educational? Mm-hmm. My answer was actually no. Mm-hmm. And parang I put pa there na this will lead to higher rates of teenage pregnancy. Because of us being unprepared, us not only my boy batchmates, but then the system and institution in the first place. A few years later, well, we already saw the effects of this hurried shift to co-education. I'm not saying that co-ed was bad. It had a lot of good effects in Ateneo Senior High School and me as a person in general. But then, definitely, there were a lot of what I say victims of this hurried shift. I think our system in Ateneo, both in high school and in the Loyola schools, are still catching up with regards to protecting not just women but everyone from gender-based violence and sexual harassment. You talked about how there was some things that needed to be worked on when it came to the school structures. So maybe let's go to Bea. How did you feel at the beginning of the school year as a girl in Ateneo, and did it change towards the end of the school year? Yeah, so I definitely saw what JB was worried about. To give some context, I came from a school that was also recently co-ed, but the opposite way. So it started off as an all-girls school, and then boys were introduced a few years before we entered. So in my old school, the majority of the students were still female. And going into the opposite school, where in Ateneo, you had around seven girls in a class of 30, or at least that was the norm when I was in grade 11, it really seemed like not just the institution itself, kind of rushed through a few things but I also felt like it was still really awkward like in the first day of school I remember very vividly it was almost like there was a line in the middle of the classroom separating the guys and the girls and no one dared cross that line because no one wanted to talk to each other no one understood each other very well and the physical space was divided yeah like the physical space was really so different for the first month or so. It was really hard to interact. And even in our orientation, I think there were attempts from Ateneo really to, you know, orient us into the culture. We had two separate sessions, like just to introduce to us Ignatian spirituality and the ASHS culture. But even then, I remember they were giving out pamphlets and the pronouns haven't been changed. So it was Mm. still... We aspired to be men for others, and it was still he, him. And when I got that pamphlet, I didn't know what to expect at that point, but I kind of knew that it would be a bit of an uphill struggle. Mm -hmm. So it was just coming from the institutional orientation. It was something that I knew was still in the works, especially since we were the second batch of women. I think also some of the teachers had to adjust. So it was kind of hard to get into the academics a little bit, perhaps because it was a new system, but also there were all-boys school rhetoric that teachers used to relate to their guy students, which I don't think super translated well in a co-ed system. So it was still something that they had to unlearn and relearn, like being able to identify with women in the classroom, being able to 
talk about women's issues in the classroom more directly as opposed to how it would be in an all-boys school. And I think most importantly for me, as someone who is very active in extracurriculars, we had the benefit of being the second batch. So we had a lot of female role models already to look up to in orgs and in councils. But even then, it still felt very male-dominated. I joined council and I joined an, an organization. And while they were all very welcoming, it still really did feel like they don't have any experience or have very little experience with having women in leadership. Not just because the students aren't as accustomed to having women in the classroom, but also the structures itself came from or were borrowed from the Ateneo high school system, which used to be all boys. And I think the expectations placed on women to behave from not just the administrators, but even the moderators who interact with the students were also formed around that all boys culture. So it was still very patriarchal, I would say. And it still came along with expectations, which eventually I felt like over the course of the year were unlearned and unbroken. To be fair, what was fun though was that the school didn't seem to have very strict rules for women yet. So you didn't have a lot of stringent rules about clothing or makeup, unlike all-girls schools and co-ed schools, which was interesting to me because coming from a co-ed school that used to be all-girls, it was really, really strict on women and what was allowed. But since they were still preparing the handbook, even until I graduated around grade 12, it was, not, it was still not fully prepared. So I, I thought that was interesting. Definitely it changed over two years or even just the first year. It eventually became a lot easier to make friends. And most of the guys were a lot less awkward around women. I'm definitely privileged because obviously I was in a position where I was already from a co-ed school so I could talk to guys easily as opposed to some of my friends who mentioned that they found it still really awkward since they came from exclusive schools for girls as well. But I do think that there's still much work to do in terms of untangling the all-boys culture and in terms of having greater gender equality. Since what I felt like at the end of grade 11, at the start of grade 12 was, it felt like it had to restart, like the cycle had to restart. And unfortunately, when we were in grade 12, people in grade 11, like the new students in grade 11, told me that they had the same experiences as I had when I was in grade 11. And when I graduated grade 12, people in who just came into the Ateneo Senior High School were also saying that they had similar experiences to how I felt. So I think because of the nature of senior high just being two years, it's hard to have lasting change every year. Although on a personal level, it did change because the batch matured. It was, it's just hard to make the changes per batch institutional in the system. Okay, so we really see that there's definitely an adjustment period that's going on, even for at the Neo Senior High School, which has been you know undergoing co-education since 2016. So maybe let's go to LaSalle Greenhouse now, which is so far, it hasn't experienced co-education yet. For the GH boys here, can you tell me about the culture in LaSalle Green Hills? LaSalle Green Hills, the way, I think the way most people imagine it, there's some truth to that. So like, you know, rowdy boys, noisy, um, very physical, like pushing around, loud. You know, those hold true naman. Pero, well, in my experience, uh, LaSalle was very kind to me. Like I was 
with the right people, I felt like uh, I was able to capture the experience that LaSalle wanted me to have captured. But, you know, I'm also aware that, you know, it's not the same story for everyone, no? So I feel like even though there's an overarching culture that surrounds LaSalle, I'm also aware that there are different pockets of cultures also that exist within it. And it's not the same for everyone. There are some stereotypes about the boys from LSGH, like like you mentioned, somewhat being bearers of toxic masculinity. Like there was even an opinion article recently from When in Manila that went viral, which is why this whole issue blew up in the first place. So how much truth do you think these stereotypes hold? Um, I'd say there is definitely truth to that, no? Um, even though it might not be a majority, uh, it's definitely the group that makes the most noise, you know. That's why uh, it uh, we get to hear about it a lot. Yeah, in my experience, there was definitely a quote-unquote social premium placed on people that exhibited certain characteristics. So, you know, these might have been the tough guys. So, you know, people who were able to assert themselves as physically dominant. If there was an altercation, the quote-unquote cool kids parang. Mm-hmm. Oh, tara, sapakan, or parang, tara, overpass tayo, sapakan tayo. So parang that was like the, the way you would say na, I'm better than you. So there's that parang level of aggression. There's also a coolness, I'd say, placed on, you know, risk-taking behavior. So people who drank and smoked, so parang they were all, they were also seen as cool. But you know, aside from that, there were also, there was also, I'd say, an outcasting sort of, of people who exhibited behaviors naman that weren't deemed as quote-unquote masculine. Being weak was, of course, one. The insult, baklaka, was being tossed around a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. The notion that being gay was looked down upon. If you cried, if you showed parang, that sort of emotion, you'd also be made fun of. And then there's also a culture of the tendency to over-sexualize everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if this is a product of an all-boys school in general or if it's just an adolescent thing. You and your friends would talk about how, like, how hot a certain teacher would be, how cool it would be if you get to sleep with her. Yung mga ganong usapan. So that's the culture that can you know, perpetuate. You know, when you surround yourself with enough people who hold these same beliefs, it, it sort of becomes an echo chamber. If no one calls out the behavior because nobody deems it as wrong, nothing will change. No? There's this concept in social psychology of groupthink where people are less likely to speak out, uh, speak out in the interest of group harmony. So this is where the idea of boys will be boys comes into play because no one's bothered to call out on uh, call out anything on their inappropriate behavior. And parang this the school also doesn't take steps to address these cultural nuances that that sort of play uh, in, in everyday life. I think it's really cool that you come from the school and you're also talking about these things that you acknowledge that these were you know, realities that were happening in the culture in Los Hall Green Hills. It's one thing to be part of it and not notice the things are happening is wrong. And it's another thing to, you know, kind of step back, see it as it was, and then still not realize that there were definitely some problematic behaviors that even I, that even I engaged in. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just part of uh, personal growth na lang siguro for everyone na they can look back and say, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have done this, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Wow, ganda. <laughs> so, yeah, <'cause, laughs> well, it's cool that you're that you're being responsible, like like you're you're admitting it, and you're not even saying like not all GH boys, and you know, diba? So yeah, given all these things, like how there were these somewhat 
truths in the culture in Lasalle Green Hills. Let's hear it from Sean. Like, why do you think some alumni took it badly when the school announced that senior high would welcome girls? For one, I think it's a knee-jerk reaction to something that topples a long-standing tradition. I think it's normal to want to preserve tradition, especially if it's something you know, that has played a really big role in your past. And sort of being surrounded with only boys during your very formative years can really color your perspective of the world for a time. And so I think reading the sentiments online from the alumni and seeing how, you know, a lot of them centered their opinions on how they wanted their kids, for example, to experience the same LSGH environment that they grew up in. I think there's nothing new like with attaching this romantic glory days view of your high school experience. I don't know. I think that's exactly where we need to see the change. Those responses are kind of indicative, I think, of a lack of self-awareness about the kinds of attitudes and ultimately the kind of culture that an all-boys school produce, you know, which is exclusionary and necessarily violent. There were some people who said, oh, I want my son to experience the same exact thing that I did. And, you know, I want to preserve the culture that the LSGH that I grew up with. So Mm -hmm. JB, having experienced both exclusivity and co-education in high school, do you think that these thoughts from some LSGH alumni were warranted? I want to throw back the question to everyone, not only these certain alumni, but everyone sharing their thoughts on this shift to co-ed from all boys and what does it mean for the traditions, long cherished? These traditions that we uphold or these cultures that we will miss, you know, all boys culture or parang what does it mean exactly? And with trying to think of what it means to you, what does it mean to other people? And in the greater scheme of things, it's really hard to pinpoint kasi what is lost when you transition to co-ed eh. And if we actually look at what that means and we see problematic things about it, then I don't think it's something we should be proud of. I'm looking back to my experience in senior high school also. Individually, as a person, I had a generally positive experience. So I love senior high. It's home for me. And I guess it's also home for Bea. But then what bothers me until now that I'm about to enter my third year in college is that not everyone went through the same experience. And you only get to realize that once you continue to hear stories after you leave. Many people went through experiences that they shouldn't have went through and that they don't deserve. I think in La Salle and in Ateneo High School, the boys go through years together from grade school until high school. Then suddenly you put girls abruptly in the middle of their adolescent stage. And I think that has a lot of effects. Parang it's in the height of puberty. So parang to the development of the child, I'm not sure what exactly its effects are. But then that's something to be looked at. And yeah. in the context of Philippine society, wherein pantay yung number ng kalalakihan at kababaihan, anong ibig sabihin na pinaperpetrate natin tung exclusive culture of boys and girls? I want to go back to something that JB said a while ago. I think he makes a really great point that there is no real definition of what quote-unquote uh, boys' culture is. And so you see a lot of these posts uh, saying, oh no, if, if girls will be added to LSGH, I won't be able to do this. Uh, I won't be able to do this with my friends. You know, and um, I think it's important to take a step back and ask, why, 
won't I be able to do this anymore? Is it because it's not appropriate the moment somebody else is in the room? And it will make you think, na, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this in the first place. Sure, there are different, there are certain traditions now, brotherhood uh, and whatever. But there's also comes a lot of negative aspects of that in uh, the whole boys will be boys thing. So if you can't, no, if you can no longer do the things that can be uh, classified as boys will be boys, then I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I also want to go back to like one of the things that JB said that these boys like they grew up with just boys like in the classroom and in school. So I think at least on like a psychological level, it's like I'm no psychologist, but then like I think at least on like the surface level of development of the child, there should be some kind of risk when suddenly girls are put in an environment that boys are not used to. So we've seen that some risks have happened in Ateneo Senior High School. Perhaps now let's take into consideration the Laswell Greenhouse culture that Sab and Sean talked about, that given these cultural settings that you currently have at LSGH, the way that you know LSGH, do you think that Laswell Greenhouse is ready to accept girls? Well, I just want to also preface this. Laswell Greenhouse is probably way different now than it is when I graduated. Mm-hmm, so I graduated right. in March. 2015, I graduated in 2015, so that's five years ago. So, so much can change now. But, you know, to answer that question, uh, is LSGH ready to accept girls? Um, I want to quote something from an Inquirer, the Inquirer article you know, that kind of sparked this whole thing. And they were able to talk to Brother Fernandez, who is the president of uh, La Salgrinos. And when asked, what kind of preparation does a school need to switch from all boys to suddenly co-ed? His answer was, physical lang eh. Uh, like some of our toilets, our curriculum remains the same. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have to look into physical education. Um, we do have programs that are not typically for boys. We have cooking. We offer practical work like sewing, how to sew buttons back into your shirts. And I think if you have programs that will suit the girls, I think it's also healthy for the boys to get into that. And to me, if this is the thinking that LaSalle is bringing to the table for this transition, then in my opinion, no, um, LSGH is not ready to accept girls because it takes more than just changing facilities and adding programs that quote, that will quote-unquote suit the girls. You know, um, It takes more than that to foster a safe, productive, and progressive learning environment for all the students involved. And so you know, um, teachers must be trained to handle the new dynamics in the classroom. Counselors must be prepared to deal with the nuances that come with different sex interactions among adolescents, uh, no less. Um, Prefects and disciplinary bodies uh, must also figure out how to handle sexual misconduct cases, if ever, and when they do arise. Uh, Because, you know, you hear all these stories of school administrations that refuse to listen and believe uh, the reports that students who have been harassed, no? So I believe that LSGH must actively take steps not to fall into the same whole uh, and so to me adding bathrooms and giving sewing classes isn't gonna cut it yeah just to um sort of echo on what sab said i think the transition should involve more than the technical aspects first i think it's important for the institution uh the heads teachers ultimately the students to acknowledge the flaws inherent in running an all-boys school so they need to foster an environment that's conducive to co-ed socialization and learning. So, you know, that means setting guidelines and measures. But I think just as essential 
um, getting the boys to dialogue with the ad administration or with their parents about their questions, their reservations, anxieties they have about introducing girls. Um, how they're going to implement that during quarantine is probably another question. But I think that's a good place to start. I also don't think the school is there yet in terms of addressing the culture. I think at the end of the day, um, LaSalle Green Hills can only really be ready to accept girls as if the culture itself becomes more tolerant and accepting. And that needs to happen first before they welcome girls and uh, not the other way around. I have a follow-up for you guys, Sab and Sean, because I think I also read something from President Fernandez, Tamaba. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. um, he said that the girls being there will also help with the holistic formation of the boy. So what do you guys think of that? I also stumbled upon that. Uh, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, I think the quote is, uh, I, I'm looking at it, it says, I hope the boys become a bit more like gentlemen when uh, referring to the addition of females to uh, LaSalle. And I think first and foremost, it's not the job of the girls to change who the boys are. Mm -hmm. Yes, I believe that it presents an opportunity for, for these young boys to reevaluate and reassess their values and uh, how they perceive the world. But I really disagree with the notion that they're there to change the boys. Parang nagiging tools na lang sila instead mm. of additional students to take under, you know, to share Lasallian values and Lasallian education, which is what the main purpose should be. There was this article, um, the opinion piece on When in Manila by Angela Natividad. And um, she wrote how, and I'll just quote it, um, no, women are not there to teach boys how to behave. Women who register as students are there to learn Women are not rehabilitation centers for men. And I think, yeah, this touches upon um, similar points. So yeah, women aren't there to kind of serve as a pedestal for boys to learn. Okay, so for our male listeners, you heard it from the boys yourselves that this is how we should be thinking. Um, so for Bea, let's go back to Bea. Like, I'm considering all of the things that the boys said. And also coming from the point of view that you were the first female student government president, what kind of environment do you think it would take to make girls feel safe in a school that's so used to being all boys? I really like what the alumni of Alastair's were talking about, like when they were talking about the president's remarks, because I think the first step to making a co-ed school is recognizing that the all boys flavor is not a product of students being misogynistic or being born misogynist. Because I don't think any guy is actually born hating women, you know? So I think it's important to like, like what they said to recognize that the systems in place are exclusive schools for boys, not just because they're exclusive to a specific sex, but because they're so exclusive in so many ways, like traditions and the fact that more than the sex of the individual, you're also just with the same person most of the time. So from grade school up until high school or up until grade 12, you're likely with the same group of people. I think before considering the transition into co-ed, especially if it's going to be at the senior high school level, you need to first, as an administration, have a clear goal and reason for wanting to go into co-ed. Like, while I assume it's usually well-intentioned, remarks like saying, we want women to correct our men 
seems to overlook the fact that as an educational institution, you are in a very unique way of changing how these men are able to understand the world and are able to actually just be better people as a whole. So I think it needs to really go deeper than deciding that women are the last resort and becoming the solution to making attitudes like better in the school. I think greater than that, teachers, guidance counselors, and staff need to be prepared, especially accommodating to women and new students. I think just introducing the idea of consent, the normalization of talking about female bodies, and having greater opportunities to interact with women at a younger age when it's more formative at like grade school level as opposed to introducing it just flat out out of nowhere almost from from both of the schools it seems at senior high school would go a long way. I think it's really something that has to be intentional from the get-go about like how the school structure is built. From grade school you have to know that there are changes that's going to happen and that's okay. You're not going to graduate the same way that your parents graduated from the same school but that's because uh, norms are changing and you're adjusting to the difference, the different society that you're already operating in. It's not that you can just push a button and make the school automatically co-ed. It's really a transition process of being more accommodating, especially the new students in the first few years. So I think it's important to train not just the men, but also the administrators to legislate policies for sexual harassment protection, making sure that you know guidance counselors are able to care for women and be able to be a present figures over the next few years that they have. And while I was blessed, like what JB said, to find great teachers and guidance counselors who could empathize, I also worry sometimes for schools that eventually, like LSGH, we're talking about wanting to transition because even though maybe in the long run it might be something that's corrected and might be something that's more perfected, we really have to unlearn knee-jerk reactions that we inherited from all-boys school systems. Okay, actually, I have a follow-up for Bea. I want it also to be like a transition for the next question for all of you guys. So, Bea, I guess you talked about more of the institutional level, which is, of course, something that teachers, uh, guidance counselors, and the administration should be taking into consideration. But maybe on the level of support groups among female students, like maybe your message to female students who are, their families are planning to put them into LaSalle Greenhills as girls, for the first time and they're feeling, you know, kind of anxious about it. What kind of message do you have for these girls who are feeling anxious about going into boys' schools that were usually boys' schools for such a long time? Stay strong and brave. When I was in senior high, we had the benefit of having a gender committee, actually, which was really helpful because they protected not just women and assisted us, but also members of the LGBT community, which, like what they said, is something that is often or kind of stigmatized coming from an all-boys school system. So I think it would be helpful if from early on, women were able to recognize the shared identities that they have in these new schools and protect each other as well. If your teachers or your school is not as well prepared, be the ones to spark that change. You, the women were able to, in our school, were able to craft curricula that were recommendations for how to teach junior high school students in transitioning to the senior high school co-ed system. And I think it's also particularly important to 
really as women like talk to each other be supportive with each other and personal experiences believe each other's stories and just really be there for each other in the absence of a very clear structure i don't want women to go into experiences where they may feel unsafe but i think the best defenses are with the women that we are experiencing it with and i also hope that they're able to recognize that they're in a very unique position they're the first batch of a legendary co-educational change and i think with thinking about that it's also important to realize that they've been trusted in a position in understanding possible institutional changes and also being role models of future women who go into those schools okay so for my very last question which is a free for all for any of you guys who want to jump in what's your message for gh boys and other boys schools that are having a hard time accepting coeducation to all the lsgh people or alumni or anybody else who were initially i want to say hesitant to accept this it's not that bad i don't think it will be that bad it should really be accepted with an open mind because there's so much progress that can happen not just for LSGH but Philippine society in general you know introducing this idea that a co-educational space can be a safe progressive learning environment for everybody can start the ball rolling for bigger cultural changes that we want to see happen in society and so it's really not that bad <laughs> if it happens i think research does say that there are you know, i think although research is kind of out on the topic of same sex education versus coeducation um there are definitely a lot of pros and although there will be some traditions or some behaviors that might be lost because of this transition uh, i want to just go back to what i said earlier uh, if there are certain behaviors that can no longer be exhibited just because there are now girls or women in the classroom then maybe it's time to reevaluate what those behaviors are i think my message for um the gh boys and you know other boys and all boys schools would probably be to question your impulse would be the first thing to kind of ask what exactly do you have difficulty with letting go and i think learning to acknowledge your blind spots and privileges is crucial for any long-term change. This is something everyone needs to work at internally with themselves, but also in dialogue. So uh, speak up about your thoughts and worries about the shift, as well as the privileges uh, that you hold as boys in an all-boys environment. And, you know, at the end of the day, to really think of the process as something that will provide equal opportunity and which will diversify the LSGH community and by extension the perspectives you get to encounter to think of those things as necessary to any educational environment i can't say i fully understand since i wasn't in the same position but i do think that because schools have put such a strong premium on the culture and they've been part of this culture for so long it's really easy to feel a lot of different emotions even if you're someone who is feminist or even if you're someone who's just worried about how women will be treated if you're uncertain it's always helpful to be an ally it's all like the best experience says i've had haven't been with men who understood the gravity of the situation from the get go but with men who have been so patient and understanding and so ready to learn and understand 
different experiences. So I guess just to echo the sentiments of the two LSJH alumni, I hope that more than seeing this as the death of an era, it may be something to consider that this is the start of a new system for your school and you have a hand in making it more inclusive, more welcoming, and generally just a better system, not just for all guys, but for every student who eventually becomes an alumni and eventually enters society. There's been repetitive mention of learning, and I guess that's part of the Ateneo education and the hallmark of education anywhere that we teach our students to think critically. So with learning also comes a lot of unlearning. There are a lot of old tricks and habits that we need to unlearn because we've learned something new. In any change that we let our students enter into, this will reflect eventually in who they are. We need structural solutions that reflect in the grassroots. And we need systems, no? systems that involve everyone in the process. We need the institutions to let those who will go through the changes in the first place, the students, to be involved in decision-making. Because eventually, sila rin naman yung makakaranas ng mga pagbabago na sinusulong ng school. For Ateneo and Lasal, nandito na yung pagbabago. Eh. So the question now is, how do you catch up? Whether you're in Ateneo or in, in Lasal, it's clear that there's a lot of catching up to do in terms of preparing academic institutions to be welcoming not only of boys, but for everyone. Okay, so I think we can end on that note. So thank you so much, Sab, Sean, JB, and Bea for joining me in this episode of Making Space. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. When perpetual locker rooms open up, we learn that it's only another opportunity to let gender equality blossom. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Listen to Rappler's podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Michelle Abad. Thank you for listening. <laughs>